gentlemen, you are welcome to Elsinore. Your hands, come then. That bird tenants of welcome is fashion and ceremony. Let me comply with you in this garb, lest my extent to the players which I tell you must show fairly outwards should more appear like entertainment than yours. You are welcome, but my uncle father and aunt mother are deceived. I'm Zach Powers. And this is Stage of Fools. The unofficial Royals podcast. Today we'll be discussing Season 2, Episode 2, Welcome is Fashion and Ceremony. Liam and Jasper's quest for vengeance comes to a halt as they discover that on the night of Simon's attack, Cyrus was being treated for testicular cancer. Cyrus, adorned with an allegedly cursed diamond, attends the first day of the parliamentary session while using the tradition of playfully kidnapping a member of parliament to get back at Holloway for talking to Liam. Helena discovers the Prime Minister dead. Eleanor grows closer to Beck as she attends a yacht party, where she encourages Liam to give up on revenge and find something that truly makes him happy instead. Well, dear listeners, I'm so, so, so excited to introduce today's guest, uh, our first returning guest, and definitely one I've been excited about having back on the show. It's our good friend, Sammy Campbell. Hi. Yay. Yay. I feel like after that introduction, we needed like an applause track or something. Yeah, or some kind of musical interlude. I don't know. We're very excited to have you back. Uh, as our listeners may remember from last time, you are a self-professed queen of trashy TV. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we always love to have an expert in the house. This was a good one. This was a banger. Yeah. This one was <laughs> even more full of, inc- uh, full of uh, crazy stuff than I remembered. Um, I remember the Cursed Diamond, but a lot of the other stuff I thought happened later in the season. This is like a, arguably a Hall of Fame episode in terms of the pure amount of debauchery and terrible puns that are crammed into a single hour of television. It might be the most we've done so far in terms of just absurd, off-the-wall, nutty stuff occurring at an unstoppable rate. Well, I believe this is the first but not last appearance of Cyrus's little sex cage, as I call it, yeah. so- I really thought that showed up later in the season, too. I was very shocked to see it so soon. Let's just take a moment to appreciate that we have the chance that the show gives us opportunities to say phrases like sex cage totally unironically. Well, and I would like to point out that the sex cage is something that I almost forgot about because there are so many other things going on. (laughs) It starts out on a jaunty note, I guess, with uh, Jasper and Lee. Liam, because they're best buds now, they're BFFs, for, um, and Liam is incredulous that Jasper is actually an American, uh, does not believe in his American accent, um, and by contrast offers his own take on an American accent, and it's a, it's a moment between buddies staking out their murderous uncle. I have so um, many things to say about this scene. Like, already, first scene, I have a million opinions. 
Mm-hmm. I loved this scene. I thought that William Mosley, who played Liam, played it really well because I didn't even realize it till the first, till the second time I watched the scene. But he's being genuine that he thinks his American accent is good. Like he's playing it like he's not playing it like Liam thinks he's making a joke. Like after he's mm-hmm. done doing his ridiculous, like I'm Frank Gallagher from Chicago. I got a pickup up truck. He's like <laughs> laughing at Jazz Raptor. He's like, you, an American, like ha ha ha. So uh, I think we've said before that, you know, Liam is can be funny when he gets the chance to be funny, which comes so rarely. And it was mm-hmm. very, very, very welcome in this episode. Yeah, I found Liam really charming in this scene. One of the best ones he's had maybe in the entire series so far in terms of actually being kind of uh, funny. I would say this scene and the scene where he sings, I just can't wait to be king from the oh, Lion yeah, King right. at karaoke are his two easily his two standout moments of the series. But yeah, it is a fun little scene. Um, and the guy who plays Jasper, we have established at this point, is in fact actually a British person, right? No, he's actually an American. Oh, okay. You got right. it 100% wrong. <laughs> no, all right. Well, no research 2016. So the, the Vegas the Vegas backstory seems to be correct based on what we know about him so far. Oh, no, and that not will, the character, the actor. I oh, mean. Tom Austin. I thought you meant Jasper the character. Yes, Tom. No, 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 no. Yeah. Tom, okay, here's Here's the layers of this show, just the intricacies. <laughs> Tom Austin, who plays Jasper, is British, but Jasper is only pretending to be British, and he's an American. So you have Tom Austin pretending to be an American, pretending to be a British person. Yeah. yeah. It's, okay, it's like it. a Russian nesting doll, yeah. basically. <laughs> of, of it's a matryoshka of passable accents. <laughs> but they are in this car because they are staking out Cyrus, who's they see leaving some event um and jasper is quick to point out that that is in fact not cyrus but his saddam hussein-esque body (laughs) double uh well cyrus is a dictator as will be established later on this season when he starts like having members of the press arrested sure and and in, I think actually maybe even in the episode um, that Sammy did last time was the one where they established that Helena and possibly Eleanor also have body doubles. Um, so they follow his double into this building, into this building. It turns out to be a medical building, and they walk into the room. <laughs> and Cyrus is okay. We have to talk about this moment oh like beat by beat. Cyrus is they come no no no. Let me say, because I have to tell you what I thought was happening when I first watched this scene. So they walk into the room, and Cyrus is laying in this glass tank. And when I first watched this episode, I didn't understand that it was a medical building and that it, this was a medical tank because that wasn't oh, necessarily made clear. At all. So it doesn't seem like it. When, when Jasper says this is double, and they walk in, there's this, you know, person sleeping in a tank. I was like. Cyrus has clones. Cyrus has clones. <laughs> like that was my first honest to God instinct. I thought it was thought a clone it was a of boys him from laying in a tank. Situ- boys from Brazil, that's what it's called. <laughs> Situation. Yeah. Um it's weird. It's like out of Alien, basically. Like there's just this weird tube, like <laughs> pneumatic tube with a person sleeping in it and the lighting. I think is intentionally like a little. It's overlit, like it's. It's very sci-fi. Yeah. Yeah, it's like 
Yeah. I, I, wrote I really thought that notes, was his clone. Uh, what next shit is E on? This is like cancer treatment from the future. Spoiler a little bit, you know, for the next two seconds. Is, but uh, yeah, it's it is. I, I was like, is he in some kind of weird sensory deprivation tank? Is he secretly dead? I don't know. Is this like... <laughs> because my first thought was like, oh, is this like... Was, is Cyrus dead yeah. too? <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah, I assumed it was something incredibly sinister. <laughs> yeah. Like a Dorian Gray-esque way to yeah. retain your youth forever, maybe? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um... Like a Fountain of Youth situation. I wouldn't put it past this show. But we learn that it's actually Cyrus in the greatest moment of TV blocking since the gong. Um, Cyrus is mm-hmm. laying in the tank and Liam walks up to it and then very, very abruptly Cyrus like wakes up and looks at him <laughs> through the glass no, of the it's... tank. Like one second his eyes are closed and he's totally horizontal and the next he's like up just a little bit looking at Liam <laughs> and it was like an audible gasp moment when watching like it's alive! It's, it's like very much intended to be like a horror movie jump scare. That's like, exactly continuing... it. But yeah. that's not just the editing. That's how the actor playing Cyrus plays that moment. Like, he yeah. lifts up during that moment as if he's, like, revealing that he wasn't dead all along. I think he calls Liam yeah. a hardly boy, which is amazing. Yes, he says, <laughs> nice work, hardly boy. He's <laughs> the guy. Um, I also think it's worth noting that before entering the room with the tube... Um, <laughs> For no reason? It's like a water slide piece, can I just say? Yeah, it's amazing. Um, For no reason, Jasper offers Liam his gun, because these two are gun crazy these days, apparently. Like, there's no reason to assume they're going to walk into this room and have to shoot Cyrus, like, on sight. But there's still a conversation about whether they should take out a gun, and it's very much, like... These two are not particularly good at being spies if their first response is always shoot it. (laughs) Maybe even more than the season premiere, which I found really hard to deal with, I thought Jasper was just intolerable, like insufferable. He's so whiny. He's so mopey. He's so angsty and grumpy. Like when he and Liam have that scene in the car and Liam's being really funny, Jasper is just like sitting there scowling his little face off. So cranky. He could not and be this whole episode, uh, <laughs> with all the pining and the angst, uh. I'm just like, I cannot deal with this guy. He's horrible. He's mm-hmm. not interesting at all. He's just cranky and mean and good at punching. That's what Liam apparently needs right now because they have become fast friends <laughs> that jump scare uh, brings us to the opening title card and when we come back um it's unfortunately for us a beck and eleanor scene i believe <laughs> yeah. with um beck asleep on her couch um uh, <laughs> which he says he does to be honorable it is slightly strange since they've had a pretty long relationship that has lasted a number of years <laughs> I guess, but whatever. I don't know. So they hooked up while he was still with his wife, and that was fine. Mm -hmm. But now that he's left his wife for her, he's going to sleep on the couch because that's honorable. Even though they were sleeping in the same bed while he was married to another woman. And and the couch is like half a couch size, so he is like curled up on it very awkwardly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's great. Yeah, 
It's, is this the scene where she makes him put on all the different outfits? Yes. And I Yeah, I think so. I, I hated this so much. <laughs> this like the last episode the last episode I watched, I was a little shady about the fashion. I was more impressed with the fashion in this episode. They obviously got a little bit more money for wardrobe. But especially the first shirt he puts on, which is like this like random like plaid short sleeve piece of crap like Eleanor is like oh I bought you some clothes and he's like oh you didn't have to do that like she went to somewhere really expensive it's like clearly somebody like ran to Kohl's for five minutes yeah. and like picked anything that was like medium and... they just got him a bunch of shirts that had really deep V's <laughs> yeah you know exactly. what I mean like every shirt he's wearing these polo shirts that are like unbuttoned way down on his sternum he looks like he's about to go like <laughs> clubbing in Prague. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's like either completely unbuttoned button-down shirt or, you know, really deep V and it's so weird because he's trying on shirts and like trying to have this like emotional conversation with her and Eleanor's just like next shirt, next shirt, next but shirt. But the show like, is doing this thing where it's like everything she says about the outfit, she's also saying in response yeah. to what he's saying. It's like every one of her comments has a double meaning. Yeah. So in theory, this conceit would work. In right. practice, they did a terrible job wording it, so it's like her answers don't really make sense for his right. words or for the outfit. Right. Like, he'll try on a shirt, and he'll be like, so I left her, and she'll be like, we can do better. And it's like, <laughs> okay, I know you mean you and me and also the shirt, but it also, like, doesn't really fit 100% for either of those things. Right. It was a very... Cyrus-esque read as Eleanor. Right. No, but, okay, on my part, I'm like, Cyrus would have come up with phrases that could actually oh, work better, yeah. for right. both the shirt and that. Mm. Exactly. And, like, the the pacing was so weird because he would, he would, like, you know, give this little speech, you know, oh, I left her and I think it's the right mm -hmm. thing, and then pause, change shirt. <laughs> you know what it reminds me of? There's, um... There's a scene in the room where they're getting ready for a party and Lisa says something and then she'll like grab a bag of chips and put it on the table and then say something else. Like, it reminded me of that. You can't talk and, and use props at the same time. I get it. It's really hard. Yeah, it's one or the other. Uh. One or the other. Um, I do want to point out uh, a couple of the things about the scene. One. Even though you noted that all the shirts are super generic and the first one's a dumb plaid shirt, yeah. according to Eleanor, they were all fine. So there <laughs> yeah, you go. Sure. I was just uh, enjoying the show. And during one of his little, you know, shirt speeches, <laughs> he mentions, mentions something about seeing her at the funeral, which he implies was before Monaco. And this was a pet peeve of mine all the first season, <laughs> introducing characters who should have been at Robert's funeral and weren't. But now they're retconning it so that Beck was at Robert's funeral, but he was definitely not there. Well, there are two. Well, there are two things. One, we really didn't. Did we see Robert's actual funeral, or did we just see his wake where he was laid out for state? Maybe they just showed the wake. They but. never showed his funeral or any anything besides where he his coffin was in the palace. I don't think. But the reason it doesn't work anyway, even though we never saw Robert's funeral, so arguably Beck could have been there, is because when Eleanor and him see each other in Monaco, they're like, "Oh, we haven't seen each other in years." So <laughs> it's not like, "Oh, I saw you three weeks ago." Remember when we buried my brother when we put him in the cold ground? Maybe <laughs> you forgot. Again. 
remember that time is meaningless on this show. So <laughs> potentially true. the funeral at that point was years ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, um, also, another thing about the fashion, I don't know if you noticed this, Sammy, but Eleanor is wearing like this black bra and black underwear to sleep in, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But then she wears it to the party as well. But she's right. wearing it like as a bikini. So I'm like, did you sleep in your bikini or are you swimming in your underwear? Right. It doesn't matter. Like, but right. I was wondering, like, <laughs> yeah, it seemed like, like super lazy costume like design. Or did, is he waking up? Because she walks into the bedroom. So, like, I was like, okay, did she wake up with her, like, hairstyled and done? Or is this, like, she's wearing her mm. swimsuit all morning and then just throwing on this, like, casual... Like statement necklace and statement necklace. Yes, you gotta accessorize before you get fully clothed. She put on the necklace first before yeah. she put on and her she clothes. And she turns and she's like, "What you do know, you like think, all darling? Girls like, do. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what do you think of my necklace? What do you think uh. of my necklace? Or you know, my super rocket body? <laughs> Take your pick. But yeah, yeah, her body is insane. Yeah. Mm. It was pretty much uh, just like yeah. we are fit. Uh, everybody, look at how fit we are for you know ten minutes, and that's about it. I think that's. Im- important to remember because all of the main characters besides maybe you could make the argument for Simon who of course is dead now mm-hmm. or maybe the original Penelope and the or Penelope and the original Mirabelle aren't like skinny skinny but other than that all of the main characters are very 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 thin yeah which is a problem but it's a bigger problem because every time a person who's not of that body type is on the show they become a punching bag or like the butt of a joke as we're about to see in this very episode like zach and i have said before like this show has a real problem with fat phobic jokes mm-hmm. and remarks. It's actually a little bit bizarre. It's like a grudge. Right. Um, particularly in that one episode where they did the tour of the poor people, but uh, that's oh, yeah. in the past. That oh, was particularly yeah. egregious. Um, but the next scene, I believe they go back, they cut back to Cyrus and Liam, where this is where <laughs> Cyrus reveals the reason for his future tube, I'm just going to call it. I have Kansa. Yeah. And that was a bad yeah. Cyrus impression, but the way he said it on the show was oh so, like, ah, 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 like, the way you would say, like, you stepped on my foot. I have cancer. Specifically, testicular cancer. Which he puts, of course, of the Because balls. it's the royals. Yes. Everyone calls it cancer of the balls. No one calls <laughs> oh, it yeah. testicular cancer on the oh, show. No, what happens is, I think Cyrus calls it cancer of the balls, and then Liam says testicular cancer and cyrus says something like no cancer of the balls of the liver yes testicular cancer <laughs> yeah something like that. oh <laughs> cyrus still... is my role model he's i just so love good. him so I much him. he's so good uh i just i mean mm. when he lays into liam those scenes are always really fun because liam is not a character i particularly dislike and want to see cut down but he just has no wit right. so you right. know that it's gonna be like all cyrus just like slam dunking on him <laughs> Again and again and again. <laughs> Nothing but net. <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> um, but he reveals that, and I think the show is met intense for us to believe that getting this treatment is where he was the night that Simon was stabbed. It's why he looks so crappy in the bunker the next day because yeah. I guess, you know, cancer treatment obviously is pretty rough. Um, and he wants to keep it a secret from everybody. Specifically because, quote, uh, he doesn't want, he wants to keep a secret from the people because, God forbid they look at me with sympathy or pity. People are such dicks, (laughs) is his exact reasoning. (laughs) 
and he would rather be a reputed murderer than a victim. So I want Cyrus I to write a self-help book because I would like to live his lifestyle. <laughs> yes. Or even just the actor who plays Cyrus. Yeah. Uh, I need to like find an interview with him or something. Right. I agree with I agree with Zach though that I think that the show is definitely trying to telegraph to us the viewer that this is true. Right. I mean uh, Cyrus was visibly like drenched in sweat and white faced and like uh, he looked like he was about to puke when they were down in the bunker, which obviously you could say, like, yes, those are symptoms of guilt. But this was, like, an intensely noticeable um, physical situation. So, uh, I, I know, yeah, now we know. Yeah, I mean, I know even after this episode, when I was watching the second season through the first time, I held out a bit of hope that that wasn't true. I really wanted Cyrus to be the one who stabbed Simon, uh, in part because... I like the when the show keeps to the Hamlet parallels. I was going to say the same nice. thing, but uh, I think in this season in particular, they really run the ra- run off the rails in that regard. <laughs> so unfortunately, well, we can talk about it a little bit now, just because um, we know that it won't be the case. Um, I don't think it's really a spoiler for season two. I mean, Zach and I have seen all of season two, and we do know who Simon's killer is. We won't reveal. But at this point, like we said, the show's made it clear to us that it wasn't Cyrus. He was kind of too obvious of a suspect all along. But I agree. I wish that it had been Cyrus just because he's such a compelling character, and I would love to see, like, him, like, dealing with the fact that he did on some level love Simon. Um, But the main reason I'm bitter that they didn't go down that route is because I've said all along that like the only time you're really getting a performance out of Elizabeth Hurley is when she's opposite Cyrus or opposite Joan Collins as her mother, the Grand Duchess, Alexandra. Um, And if they had gone down that route and done the um, Claudius Gertrude thing and had, like, Helena and Cyrus get married, like, as a political marriage just for power, that could have been a fascinating plot line. And it would have set up so many problems down the road. I just feel like that's a huge missed opportunity on the part of the show. And I would feel remiss not saying something. They actually go in the opposite direction with this a little bit later in the season. But everybody loves to see Cyrus just go full-on villain. Yes. So why keep him from being full-on villain? But unfortunately, yeah, Cyrus Cyrus is out of the, the pool of suspects, unfortunately. Well, there's still time, and the show's been renewed for season three. He could kill someone else. Sure. <laughs> I mean, he already kind of, like, he, he, he ordered Holloway killed, so there's that. Mm-hmm. Oh, not Holloway. Um, whatever the name of... Elizabeth Hurley's secret head lover. who Alistair had Lacey. Alistair Lacey. And I always know. remember that name because he was supposed to be a poor farm boy. <laughs> and his name is Alistair <laughs> Lacey. Yeah. So, Lacey parents farm. were overcompensating, I guess. <laughs> right. Okay. The next note I have, and this is completely free of context, is a quote attributed to Jasper, which just is, I get it. I screwed up. I felt like that was worth noting because it's always true about everything. But uh, I don't know what context it was in. I know what it was. Yeah. There's a scene where Jasper and Liam are hanging out. And Liam is just basically telling him what Cyrus has told him. and, um, And Jasper just decides that's the great time to just angst a bunch about Eleanor and 
I found it so oh, okay. fucking boring. I'm glad they're friends, but I was like, this like sad boy brigade is not working for me. I can't. Two things. First of all, I think what Jasper says, I get it. I screwed up too, is Liam being like, you slept with our mom. And Jasper's oh, like, yeah, okay. well, and I didn't exactly goes, sleep with I didn't her. Exactly it's sleep like, with her. Wait, no, you, you went down on her. Everyone remembers Jasper. But my other thing is, I love the idea. It's not true, but I wish it were a plot point that um, because Liam was so close with Marcus, but Liam recognizes like all commoners are homogenous to him. He's hanging out with Jasper, but he thinks he's hanging out with Marcus. Like he doesn't recognize his bodyguard has changed. Like he sees a guy in a black suit with an earpiece and sunglasses mm-hmm. and he's like, hey, old buddy, old pal, because that's the level of closeness that he's showing to Jasper. It's yeah. like the show picked up all the development from his relationship with Marcus in season one. And since Marcus couldn't or wouldn't be on the show anymore, they were just like, well, let's just pretend that yeah. Jasper was a part of that. Uh, fuck it. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. And they had to do something, I guess, with Jasper, because as much as we're not big Jasper fans on this here podcast, I suspect he is a hit with the. With the teen uh, girls. Yeah. 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 He's a he's a series regular. I don't really see that changing. And um I think that they are gonna eventually have him and Eleanor reconcile in mm-hmm. a big way. I so. And yeah. probably end up together because uh because yeah. we all know that like this, the show game. is yeah. yeah. The show is going for like this like misunderstood, torn asunder lovers situation. So right. and they just handled it very poorly. <laughs> they probably had to figure out a way to keep him around so the audience wouldn't like forget about him. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. which can't say the same for poor Ophelia, but we'll get to her in the yeah. last moments of this episode. Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert. I'm, yeah. Uh, I'm laughing just thinking about it. I'm sorry. This that's a cliffhanger. So Do not reveal to our audience um, what happens next. No, but... Yeah, with that cliffhanger, who knows? I was about to say, even though Sammy has only seen one episode, I guarantee you she understood the cliffhanger and could tell exactly what was going yeah, on. Yeah, I was like, ugh. God. <laughs> the first time I watched this episode, Mr. I didn't Hill. Mr. Hill. really put that much stock into. I thought he'd be a pretty peripheral character, but he ends up later on in the season being more important than I would have anticipated. Yeah. Um, He's sort of um, replacing Simon. Simon a little bit, uh, yeah. Not just in the show's narrative, but also like very purposely the show is supplanting him as someone who's going to be a father figure to Eleanor, like right. consciously mm-hmm. on both of their parts. Yeah. I like uh, him immediately. I, I like Hill. Yeah, yeah. I like Hill. I think like all the security guards on the show, he's a terrible bodyguard because oh, all God, of them, the even though two members of the Royal family have just died, they let the kids do whatever Don't they want. Don't even get me started on <laughs> the nonsense that we'll everyone to, is doing this episode. It's like, we'll get to something that Hill does in this episode that I think is a terrible decision, <laughs> but uh, I want to save that for a few scenes from now. I'll rein it. I'll rein it in for then too. Cause I have something to say about the world of this show that makes no sense to me, but, <laughs> But Go he, on. He does, in a roundabout way, do the classic... Um, he alludes to the classic, you could be great if you weren't so messed up. Like, talking about how drugs are common and you're anything but common right. and blah, blah, blah. God forbid an episode go by without an older man shaming Eleanor for her choices. I mean, I'm not saying I'm pro her doing drugs all the <laughs> right. time. But I am saying it's exhausting to have 
some man moralize to her every episode and they always give the same speech so I don't really know what the show is going for at this point they never make an effect on her yeah no but I think the real point of this scene more than anything more than introducing James Hill is that we learn that Beck's name is Lord Twisden Beckwith the second which um is pretty <laughs> ridiculous I uh, uh they, uh I do I do just want to call him Twisden for the rest of the time he's on this show. Yeah. Lord Twisden. Yes, they Lord Twisden. They kind of over-Britished it a little bit. I was like, okay, <laughs> relax. <Yeah. laughs> relax. That's, that's what they're doing with the handsome Blandlings because yeah. um, we had, you know, Alistair Lacey and now we have Twisden Beckwith. I guess it gives and I them remember- a bit of- Color. <laughs> Let's be honest. I think just the name Beck to start with was trying too hard to make it be like, all right, this is like. Right. Well, he looks cool like David Beckham guy. already. Yeah. He looks a like David bit. Beckham, yeah, I think. Um, yeah, he's a bit with that like soccery physique. Yes, very soccery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but that's all for that scene because something very important is about to happen. Oh my god, I'm so excited! <laughs> I took a great Please, note Sammy, here. If... Go ahead, Sammy. Uh, well, uh, this is we cut to a diamond <laughs> on a pillow that Cyrus and uh, Elizabeth Hurley are looking at. I don't remember her name. Helena. Uh, and... You can call her Elizabeth Hurley if you yeah. want. And um, Cyrus is basically like I'm gonna wear it. <laughs> and Elena's like, I don't think that's a good idea. I just, I just, just to start off with, I have to point out, this episode has a cursed diamond subplot, but it is treated <laughs> as if Cyrus is deciding to wear, like, a maybe not so advisable accessory. Like, it is not treated with any gravity at all. It's just like, Mm, are you sure you're gonna wear that? There's it's a couple cursed. of good lines, but it's like it really pays off at the end with yeah. like a dun 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 yeah. Yeah. moment. But like, that throughout like... the episode, everybody's like, "Really, you're wearing that? You know, it's cursed." Oh, okay, you know, sure, do do you? <laughs> like, I think one at... guy. no, there's one guy who has the line, but the curse. <laughs> like, that oh. guy's the best. There's an older guy, gentleman yeah. who's maybe a member there's... of parliament who's like. He's the curse. <laughs> yeah, I actually thought he was like a groom or a valet or something, and he says he says okay, to Cyrus's yeah, face, "quote but the curse," and I was just like, "oh, why is but the curse not yes. uh, a quote in every yeah. single episode?" It, but in the scene, Helena introduces the idea very casually by when Cyrus says he's going to wear it. She's like, "and what about the curse?" Yeah, very casual. Yeah, it's it is a testament to how wonderful the show is that a cursed diamond is just treated like eh. Are you sure? They even have a little <laughs> little backstory they give for it, which is, quote, He who wears the diamond will be will own the world, but also know its pain. Only God or a woman can wear it with impunity. It's amazing. It's so good. <laughs> Sammy, I think we should adopt that for ourselves. Yes. Only God or, or a, a woman. woman can do this thing. <laughs> yes, with impunity. That's fantastic. Yes, it's amazing. And um, another thing is uh, they're talking about um, they have to take a parliament member hostage, quote unquote, um, as a ceremony. And Cyrus goes... It's ceremonial. I hate ceremony, which I call so much bullshit. Shut the fuck up, Cyrus. Oh, yeah, he loves it. You love ceremony. Oh, when he is dressed up in all that shit later, he is so happy. He is loving it. (laughs) 
It's well-established canon of the royals that Cyrus loves swords, would carry a sword at all times if he could, <laughs> yeah. and dreams about murdering people with swords. He loves ceremony. Every moment oh, of I'm this literally... man's life is a ceremony by choice. But <laughs> I had to say, I thought it was so... F- I, just, I had to say this is like a common sense thing. Uh, so other people, like other members of parliament, are talking about the hostage thing, and they're talking about how, like, oh, I heard that last year you just got to sit there and eat snacks, and it was really fun. I was like, well, guess what, bitches? Listen up. Last year, Simon was king. This <laughs> yeah. year, yeah. Yeah. Cyrus is king. You should king. not be pumped so, right now. Should be, yeah, <laughs> how do you think? No should be excited. Especially not Holloway. That's going to go for knows. you. Oh, my God. I feel like there's a big difference between how Simon would treat someone for, like, this fun little faux hazing tradition and how Cyrus would treat someone and the fact that people who have, like, spent time with them don't have any recognition of that is hilarious to me. It's it's hilarious. Um, I th- we asked way back when this episode aired, we asked Darren if this was real, and I can't remember the answer exactly, but I think something like it occurs during the first time the king visits Parliament um, uh, in the year. But more importantly, Darren did give me an extremely important bit of trivia. Let's hear um, it. Uh, he sent me a link to a actual diamond oh my <laughs> called God. the Koh-i-Noor. What? Which is a supposedly cursed diamond owned by the British crown from India that only female monarchs <gasps> ever wear. What? This diamond is 100% for real. <gasps> of all the things on so, the royals to be grounded in reality, it wasn't how any part of life works. It was the fact that there's a cursed diamond and that only kings can eat swans. <laughs> Yes, that's true. Yeah, yeah. And people I wish the listeners could see yes. Sammy and I's faces. Yes, that's Our mouths were open, like fully open. Like you guys have no idea how happy Zach just made us just now. Like we were like, <gasps> what? <gasps> like this is the happiest I've been all week. This is great. I am so excited. Yeah. So look that up. It's called the Co I Know Co I Knower. K-O-H-I-N-O-O-R. Oh my god. The world is a beautiful place. (laughs) This episode is going to be five hours long because there's just so much to talk about this time. I know. know. This is a this one's packed. (laughs) Yeah. Um, My next note uh, (laughs) is Kardashian lookalikes on the yacht. So fascinating stuff. There is there is there is a classic Royals pun in the Diamond Sea where I believe I have H to C, which I believe means. Helena to Cyrus yeah. Yeah. refers to his first visit to Parliament as your coming out party, not that you needed it. Yes. So, Elizabeth Hurley's not the best deliverer of lines, but it's a nice little Royals. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like a barely, it's a very barely kept secret that Cyrus is bisexual. Like, right. very loosely held and very loosely right. guarded, since he himself likes to talk about people's hard penises to their faces quite yeah. often. Yeah, or their yeah. And to their holes. wives about their hard... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, to their, or to their wives about how he's been or having sex with the them. the fact that his alibi for the night his brother was killed was... I was fucking with a, man. a man. Instead of, I was getting treatment for cancer. <laughs> That's so, so funny because usually it would be the other way around. <laughs> right. Yeah. But nope, that's... Beautiful. So they pick the 
parliamentary hostage, and it's Holloway, who definitely shouldn't be psyched. And he's so yeah. excited. I'm like, you dum-dum, how could you think that this was a coincidence? Obviously, Cyrus oh is targeting God. you. Yeah. And they bring him back to the palace, where, again, the maids, like... Oh the, the job description for these women has to be maid slash prostitute, <laughs> right? right? Cyrus they've never been treated as anything but. <laughs> yeah. In season one, there used to be maids who were like normal, like middle-aged women or like men, male butlers or people dressed, you know, normally not wearing sex slave costumes. That was under the Simon regime. That was apparently. under the Simon regime, exactly. <laughs> under Cyrus, all like the normal looking background servants who Simon used to bump into in the kitchens and talk to or they'd be in scenes, they've all disappeared to be replaced with all little Eastern European looking women who are wearing full on French maid costumes. Oh, the show makes it clear that they're, the tops of their stockings, their thigh high stockings are always visible. Yes. <laughs> That's like the main direction that they had in mind. Like, let's shoot from beneath, right off of the skirt. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and there are about a million tart double entendres that none of them land in a charming way. Mm-hmm. You're like, gross, gross, yeah. gross. Ew, gross. I think Cyrus <laughs> calls Holloway a squawking tart. <laughs> yes. Which is, it just... But it's especially weak display for Cyrus. Yeah. It's okay because Cyrus makes one amazing pun in this scene, which is when he's having his guards drag Holloway away, he goes, Holloway. Yes, it's incredible. <laughs> so good. Where is he being dragged away to after being tempted with these tarts? He's Sex being dragged cage. away to Cyrus's personal sex cage. <laughs> oh my god. He does it. They don't show him having sex with anyone in the cage, but, like, let's not pretend that the cage isn't there most of the time for sexual purposes. Yes, Cyrus repurposed it for the ceremonial (laughs) hostage-taking, but, like, that cage was there before, you know? Yeah. I mean... You don't just have a cage. It's even padded on the top, so you're clearly meant to sit atop the cage. (laughs) While someone is inside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, he, know, he also tells Holloway that he lined the cage with the newspapers. Uh, if he needs him. to take a shit. That's what he yeah. says. Yeah. yeah. He tells him to aim for, I can't remember which... The, which, Daily, Mail, the Daily Mail. Which is actually Mail. a really good burn because... <laughs> Anywhere in the world, but especially in England, the Daily Mail is a total rag. Yeah, I mean, right. it's like what dethroned is basically based on in yeah. the world of the show. Um, so. My face hurts from smiling after discussing the sex cage. <laughs> oh yeah, God. the sex cage. Um, that's like two in a row. Two scenes in a row, we get a cursed diamond immediately followed by sex a sex cage. cage. <laughs> what so a role. Good. I'm not sure the Royals has ever had a role quite as intense. So good. I'm getting high on it. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, everything has to be ruined sometime. And uh, in this case, it's by Liam's douchey, douchey friends. Oh, my God. Who and are we don't, throwing a yacht party. We don't even meet all of them yet because the boy wearing the striped shirt with the cream-colored blazer over it, mm-hmm. like he's uh, like a background villain in Pretty in Pink, right. has mm-hmm. a equally shitty twin brother who shows up oh later on in the season. Yeah. But Ashok is also there, who's not too... I kind of like Ashok. Yeah. I was happy um, to see him. I missed him. It was kind of like a season one fun thing. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, the last time Sammy was here was the masquerade episode and Ashok was definitely very funny in that. He had that bandana thing over his mouth and he like was batting his eyelashes at Gemma. Mm -hmm. 
whom I still miss, and she would have been amazing on this boat party, can yes. I just say. Yes. Yeah. Ugh. And it wouldn't be Ashok if his friends weren't mercilessly harassing him. Slash threatening him with bodily harm. <laughs> threatening him with bodily harm. Uh, Blazer Kid is threatening to shoot him in the, in the leg with a flare gun. <laughs> And yes, it's like barely a, a joke. And somebody says, when he says something, I don't know, dumb or something, uh, Liam's douchey friend says, somebody get me a bow and arrow. Yep. Man, they cannot <laughs> let that bow and arrow incident go to bed. Uh, they are milking that thing so hard. To be fair, we kind of, us three ourselves, belong to a friend group that likes to mercilessly milk inside jokes against people and That's take true. them to their very, very outer <laughs> limits. Yeah. Mm. Like having, I don't know, stickers custom made just to torture someone. <laughs> I'm not maybe. sure. I'm just spitballing yeah. here. <laughs> so custom made. I figured those were found. Maybe this um, is, uh, maybe maybe this is truer made. to life than we care to admit yeah. can we just say <laughs> there might be a this may not be the most unrealistic slash cruel thing in the world <laughs> yes either sure. that or we're figuring out something very dark about ourselves in this moment <laughs> but at least we've never threatened each other with bodily harm no, so no. far we haven't threatened anybody with a flare gun um <laughs> But yeah, this this yacht uh, this yacht party is like eh, it's fine, you know. Like uh, Jasper has a lot of moments of being boring. Um, there's a um, lot of time spent on Jasper being boring and Liam being sad, uh, which is uh, Eleanor is very charming throughout it. I don't know. Uh, here, however, is where James Hill does what I think is a terrible yes. mistake in his bodyguard duty. Yes. Oh, it's not a question. Is, it's a terrible mistake. Anyone would, yeah. anyone can see that. Um, uh, he specifically sets it up so Jasper and not himself is the person who goes onto the yacht with Eleanor and Liam um, to kind of be their bodyguard during this crazy yacht party. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Do they make it clear how much he knows about Jasper? Um, at this time he knows that jasper is obsessed with eleanor because he's like talks about him uh hill talks about noticing okay. jasper watching her and i'm like and you see this as a positive thing right. which brings me to what i wanted to talk about in the liam and jasper scene and it's something that bothered me in the pilot too all men immediately sympathize with Jasper. It's like a sisterhood thing, but for men. Brotherhood, right. I brotherhood. guess is the word. But it's <laughs> not something... But what I mean is with women, you'll like see this sort... No, I'm saying but with women, you'll see this sort of yeah. phenomenon yeah. in fiction. You don't see it a lot with men. Right. Um, which is that like every male character upon meeting Jasper and hearing his story immediately knows that he's trustworthy, immediately knows that he's not just the right person for Eleanor, but the best person for Eleanor, right. immediately thinks that he deserves to be with her, and immediately uh, forgives him for all the, like, the wrongs that he's done. So Hill does the same thing, and it's like, I don't understand. I don't understand. They don't even right. have to have full-fledged conversations about it before men are like, to Jasper, like... <laughs> Don't be the one who lets her down this time. Yeah. Hang in there, it's, buddy. It's just weird. You know? It's, it's just like, weird. Ugh. I don't understand. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, probably the male character with the best view on this subject in the entire show is, I'm going to guess, Cyrus, who I'm sure does not give a single fuck at all. <laughs> right. No. <laughs> no way. I mean, so 
Hill says a lot of bullshit to Jasper while they're waiting to get on the boat. Jasper's all, like, super angsty and pouty because Beck is there. Mm -hmm. Hill Mm -hmm. says no one will attack Eleanor because, oh, they're all on a boat. Who's going to attack her? And again, I was like, a man has died. (laughs) Specifically, her father, the king. One of them died on a plane of some kind. Like, a on a plane. But it's heavily... But Robert, people think it was a military accident. With Simon, it's heavily suspected that someone inside the palace right. was the mm. one who killed him. Right. Um, He's at large, yeah. So that's complete bullshit. Also, Hill acts like only one of them needs to be on there. And again, I'm like, why? You got two members of the royal family. Why is two bodyguards unheard of? Right. I feel like they would probably, in real life, each have more than one bodyguard with right. them. So, whatever. It's just so that Eleanor can, you know do drugs and dance unimpeded i guess (laughs) (laughs) i like hill i guess but he's like he's like a nicer version of ted in the sense that they're both like acting like security is their number one concern but then things never actually play out at all it's very i don't even know what to make of it it's bizarre i think they just wanted only young sexy people on the boat like to be honest, Probably. <laughs> realistically, it. that's what the producers, the producers <laughs> yeah. at E were like. We can't have an old guy. <laughs> they have like this sexy boat party. Right. They have like a pen of extras in bikinis, and I'm not even using hyperbole. Right. They keep extras in literal pens, right. so they have like this pen of naked girls. Like, <laughs> yeah. all right, let them out. Yeah, Get all the exactly. old gross people off yeah, exactly. the set. Yeah. <laughs> even though Hill, of course, even though he's probably in his late forties, early fifties, is gorgeous. Right. Like, can we just yeah. say yeah. he's super fit? Yeah, and Beautiful. Yes. Yeah. Um, We do. This is where we get our quick look at um, Cyrus and all his ceremonial guard with quote what's called the Great Sword of State. Oh my god! More, more accessories (laughs) for him. And I love Cyrus in his king regalia that's so goddamn big he looks amazing he looks like he should be the cover of a hip hop album or something. All of his splendor. It's... It's so good. And he's got the the cursed diamond just front and center right on his crown. Like, fuck you guys, I'm wearing this cursed object. <laughs> it's amazing. This yeah. is definitely the scene where someone says, but the curse! <laughs> this is that scene, yeah. yeah. I think it's also the scene where Cyrus laments that we don't get to use swords anymore. <laughs> Um, yeah, but this is not the first. This is not the first or last time he's expressed his love for murdering with swords. <laughs> oh yeah, he almost killed. He almost killed his Simon with a, with a sword while he was like tripping on some drug. <laughs> yeah, he was like high on cocaine. Oh, I think. God. Yeah, that, that is his drug of choice. I think. The other thing that gets established at this yacht party, in terms of establishing timeline, is that Jasper and Eleanor were apparently together for approximately six months. So another clue as to no, just how long. They weren't. I'm sorry. I <laughs> watched the first said. season. They were not together for six months. I watched the show, oh E. God. I watched your show. You made a show. You put it on television. You hoped no one would watch, but guess yeah. what? I did. So I know this they, isn't true. The, the exact phrasing is that Jasper was Eleanor's bodyguard for six months. No. But they first have sex or don't. The night that he first signs on to be her bodyguard. So I assume All that, right. that's he like acted... the first episode takes place the day Jasper is hired. That's true. He acted mousy for like 12 hours and then he yeah. had established mm-hmm. his cover. Well, the reason that we hear this from Jasper is because sweet, stupid 
this Thiswick or whatever his name is, Beck, uh, goes. Twisden. Twisden. <laughs> what yes. did I say? Thiswick. Thiswick. <laughs> Thrushcross. Thrush yeah. Thrushcross Grange goes up to Jasper. <laughs> oh no, don't get me started on Wuthering Heights. Um, <laughs> Beck goes up to Jasper and tries to make like a friendly introduction, you know, hobnob with the common oh, people. Oh my god. Yep. And Jasper just comes off as the world's biggest petulant asshole. Beck's like, oh, you are Eleanor's bodyguard. Huh, that's a temporary job, you know, because she's such a handful. Like, just making pleasant conversation. Jasper's like, actually, I was her bodyguard for six months. And like, da 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 And like, clearly trying so hard to yeah. make Beck jealous of like jealous, the guess, connection yeah. that they had yeah. but Beck is kind of just like la 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 whatever do 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 more as good looking as me don't have problems la 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 like, la yeah he looks kind of threatened for like half a second then kind of mopes to the side of the dance floor and then Eleanor's just like come dance with me fuck off like and then he's over it which is great I love yeah. her for that right the, the whole yacht scene is just Eleanor going around being like stop moping stop moping stop moping to like every man well, there is <laughs> like... also this this rando woman who comes up oh my god to jasper yes and just lays out like her really weird fantasy <laughs> that she wants to do downstairs yeah well and he just she wants to do like rape play at gunpoint basically yes. like have him press a gun to her head and pretend to be forcing himself on her when he's not which of Establishing- course this is a real gun, also. Right. Yes, but it plays into this whole thing that the royalists has been doing with Jasper all along, like this very gray area of consent, where like mm-hmm. it's technically consensual, but it has all the trappings of non-consensual sex. Right. And it's just there. It's very confusing that E would continue to like keep bringing up this topic around Jasper and like attaching it to him. Mm-hmm. At the same time, they're trying to keep us from remembering that he and Eleanor began their quote unquote relationship when he raped her or at least told her that he raped her and i know i keep every episode i'm like i'm gonna stop talking about this but it's crazy that the show has you doesn't make any sense what i'm saying you know what i mean that they their selection to have this woman just come forward a very strong approach to anybody by the way a complete stranger (laughs) to say the least to be like i'd like you to pretend to rape me at gunpoint (laughs) yeah yeah um the mind reels (laughs) it's the show's like you can't help obviously if you have something like that happen on the show what are you going to think of like yeah what do they expect yeah i don't know but uh i don't know he like sherlock holmes is her real quick oh my god it's so painful and dumb uh i just hate jasper i'm sorry (laughs) No, yeah, he's the seen, worst. Yeah, if you've seen like the BBC Sherlock, it's like a, a light, poorly done version of what Benedict Cumberbatch does on that show, right. where he's like, "You should have taken your wedding ring off before you spray tanned, because now I know you're married." <laughs> what, since when has a woman being married ever stopped it? <laughs> right. Helena was no. married to Simon. Right. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I would be more. I would probably be more upset by the way that woman approached me than the fact that she was married, to be honest with you. I would right. certainly hope so. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But <laughs> he, it's been well established that Jasper's problem is actually that he does have sex with married women because that's where he ran into trouble with that gangster oh, in Las true. Vegas yes. was when he slept with his wife. So, yeah. Not to mention the okay. queen. Yeah. yeah. Well, I already brought her up. But like, <laughs> yeah. literally Jasper's entire life, the events of his life, 
have all been kicked off by sleeping with married women. Right. Mm-hmm. He came to England because he slept with a married woman, and then he got into the situation he currently is because he slept with a different married woman. So, whatever. I mean, I'm glad he didn't take this lady up on her offer because that sounds kind of traumatizing for all involved. <laughs> yeah, it does. Does that sound good? <laughs> yeah. Yes. I mean, I've seen I've seen a scene like that on TV, but it was in The Sopranos on HBO, which is an yeah. extremely dark show. <laughs> yeah. It's not mm-hmm. comparable to The Royals oh in any way. God. On that show, that scene, which is between um, Richie and Janice Soprano, is all about like how miserable and fucked up they both are. Right. The Royals, I felt like with this, almost played it for a laugh or like a sexy moment. It was truly strange. Yeah, it was really, really weird. Uh, my next note is Oi with the panties, so it must have been a hell of a scene. Oh no, it's this scene! <laughs> well, it's God, like so much scene happened in this episode that I forgot about there. this scene, but this scene is this crazy. This scene is terrible. This scene is terrible. <laughs> um... Yeah. Uh, this is the fat phobia scene I was talking about. Yes. yes. So after uh, after a sweet after a brief discussion between Lucius and Rachel, where I think Rachel calls Lucius "Sweet Lou," and they talk about if they're Team <laughs> Hel- Helena or Team Cyrus. It's a weird little aside that doesn't yeah, that matter. That was a total, vi- but that was a total viral marketing thing, like the Team Helena, Team oh, yeah, Cyrus, Team Eleanor. Implied hashtags. implied hashtags. Also, real quick, this whole episode, Rachel is wearing like a dirndl. Yeah. <laughs> She's wearing like she looks like she should be Maria von Trapp in The Sound yes, of Music. Exactly. It's just very strange for a dominatrix. <laughs> anyway, mm-hmm. carry on, Zach. Just had to throw that in there. But Helena comes upon the prime minister, who is dead in his office. Um, from natural uh, causes, supposedly. From natural causes, it seems. Uh, the way he's slumped over his chair. She can see that he is wearing her panties. I'm not really sure where he got these. She gave them to him and told him to wear them. Yeah. Oh, okay. It was like yeah. a domination that was previously thing. on right. bit. That's right. That was in last uh, last week's episode. Oh my god. Uh, at the very least, this this gives us another FML. Yes. So. <laughs> a man has died, but fuck my life. Fuck my yeah. life. Yep. So <sighs> this. Begins a, an unpleasant scene. It's supposed to be physical comedy, but it is deeply, deeply troubling. It's just uncomfortable. <laughs> so the they have to remove the. Un, she calls Rachel in, and they have to remove the underwear from the corpse because in I guess the most disgusting way, <laughs> like unsettling way possible. He's like slumped frontwards over on a chair, um, like with his stomach on the back of the chair, his body mm-hmm. on the seat of it. Um, so, you know, they kind of like loosen his pants and pull them down enough to kind of get in there. And then they are trying to like cut and pull off the underwear, yeah. but emphasis on the pulling. They're like, yeah. if he were alive, he would be in a great deal of pain. I hope yeah. there was a stunt butt involved for the actor playing the prime minister because and there, I feel like there were like sound effects. Maybe this was just my imagination. Yeah. of like, squeeze! Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you know? It's a lot of 
stretching and pulling it like up Ugh. upwards. It's uh, like it's like an even Stevens bit. I felt like I was watching some sort of Nickelodeon or Disney show just with the underwear thing. I mean, if you weren't dead, if you were like asleep. It was just a nightmare. Yeah. It's like the weekend so, at Bernie's yeah. of underwear, but it's disgusting. It's really bad. It's really gross. Yeah. And at every and, moment this man's body is played for like as many laughs as possible. The right. fact that he's a little He's a little more corpulent, you know, yeah. but yeah, uh, it's and just, I think even it's that bad. probably part of the joke when they established the dominatrix stuff, too. Yeah. I know. Can um, you imagine someone unattractive having sex? Is that even allowed? Mm-hmm. Can't you be Whoa. like put to death for yeah. that? <laughs> yeah, it's it's really it's a it's. This episode really has some highs and some lows, and this is this is one of the lows. Oh my God. Well, I feel high, so let's get to the lows. <laughs> yeah, and I like on the plus side. There's a, there's this great moment where uh, the the Helena turns to Rachel and goes, "I'm sorry, this must be the weirdest thing you've done all you've done ever." And Rachel goes, "Not even this week." And Helena just kind of rolls her eyes, and so did I. So. <laughs> Yeah. It's like, shut up, Rachel. Like, shut my up. problem my problem with Rachel is that she thinks she's so fucking cool. She's and I'm like, far okay. too pleased with herself. Anyone can become a do- dominatrix. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I can yell at someone, too. Yeah. I know that's reductive of me, but no. you know what I mean. Rachel no. acts like she's, like, hot shit. Calling Lucius sweet Lou. Oh, my like, God. Excuse you. She's far too pleased with yeah. herself, and I am not a fan. I was like, oh, shut up. And I'm glad Helena had the same reaction. Well, for once we take Helena's side. Yes. For, once. for once, I guess on the plus side, Cyrus gets to open a bottle of champagne with a sword. <laughs> I love so Cyrus. So that's much. probably super hard. I'm gonna say, like, I'll bet that is really hard to do. And he pulls it off like a champ. Amazing. So maybe he should have a sword yeah. all the time. Yeah. Does it, he's gonna like? I'm keeping this sword because I can do that now. <laughs> He's yeah. like five. I wish. I wish it's he had that great. sword in every scene for the rest yeah. of the series. I really wish he would just brandish it at key moments. Yeah. Yeah. Just when he's making a speech <laughs> yeah. just, to the public. He just walks around with a sword like strapped to him, like <laughs> just constantly. It would be I amazing. really think it wouldn't feel like I would even oh need God. to suspend my disbelief. It would just yeah. be right. It would be perfect. He could order like Different colored sheaths yeah. to go with all of his different like suits. And like his patterned suits. Great. Yeah, it'd be great. Oh mm-hmm. my god. Liam uh, tells Eleanor that Cyrus probably didn't kill their dad. To their almost disappointment, I would say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're both like a little bit like, oh man. And they they have a classic Liam and Eleanor brother sister moment at the yacht party. Yep. Where so Eleanor kind of encourages Liam to forget about this whole thing and go after something that makes him happy. Um, Like, we don't know what that might be. There's only one thing in this world that makes Liam happy, and it's, like, pretty young women encouraging him. And the most encouraging of those girls was Ophelia. Um, Most of this scene didn't work for me as much as the usual Eleanor-Liam brother-sister scenes do, and I'm not entirely sure why. Mm -hmm. It's because we don't give a shit about their love lives. Right. Yeah, I guess that's probably it. But. So it's more interesting for them to be talking about, like, their complicated relationship with their mother or, like, mm-hmm. their past with Robert. As soon as they, as soon as Liam starts talking to Eleanor about giving Jasper another chance or Eleanor starts talking to Liam about, like, finding happiness with a girl, I totally check out because it's just like, yeah, yeah I don't care. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you guys give each other shitty advice anyway because 
your love life is the least together part of your existence. Right. Yeah. But Ophelia, to his credit, it seems to cheer, I guess it seems to cheer up Liam. And then they threaten Ashok with physical harm, and that cheers up Liam a little it's bit. It's true. So, yeah. he's starting to feel a little better. And he's like, I'm sorry I haven't been his... a great friend lately. I, uh, you know, my dad my died. My dad died. <laughs> yeah. And my brother died. But, you know, you should definitely shoot Ashok with a flare gun. Uh, we're buddies again. This is great. <laughs> His friend wearing the striped shirt and the blazer, who we see in a few other episodes, is basically like, if I found out that he was like Patrick Bateman style murdering mm. prostitutes, I wouldn't be surprised at yeah. all. Or that Car- that Aaron Eckhart movie about, I don't know, men taking advantage of women, whatever it's called. It's so terrible. Every movie. That's what every movie is about. One in, if, you're one in watching it, if you're watching it the right way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it's called In the Company of Men. There you go. We have to do, like, the next scene, I think, is Eleanor and Beck uh, on their bed. Like, uh, I don't know. And Beck's saying things. I don't know. <laughs> He's probably talking. To, okay, here's the thing. He's talking to her more about her getting sober, which yeah. I... I actually am mostly fine with, because like I've said before, he's the only person who's taken like an actual productive approach to trying to get her help for her drug and alcohol problem by, you know, in Monaco, taking the drugs away from her. And what if I were Eleanor, I would have assumed that, okay, if I want to be with Beck and he doesn't want me to be on these hard drugs, like it's going to be a deal breaker situation. Either I'm going to give up the drugs to be with him or I'm going to have to give up on this relationship with him because I'd rather keep living this lifestyle. So she, you know, always acts very confused and indignant when he doesn't like her not being sober. And I'm like, I don't really know what you expected because like he's Mm -hmm. been, to Beck's credit, to Thisden Twinkle Fuck's credit, or whatever his name is, he's been pretty open the whole time about the fact that, you know, he has a problem with her addiction. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I think the scene ends lovingly, and, like, they have boring, like, softly lit sex, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah, I really don't know what Eleanor expected, that's all. The Royals is always terrible when it's trying to do these sweet little moments that are monologues that are yeah. like the romance is my always arms the my bed my life kind oh, of moments God, no. the absolute worst stop it and beck is kind and this is this is the mode beck is kind of in in this particular yeah. scene in my opinion that's the only mode this character has oh yeah pretty much yeah I think that brings us to our final, our patented Royals closing montage, though, um, if I'm not and there's, mistaken. there's a real dun-dun-dun closing oh, moment so good. related oh, sure, to the yeah. cursed diamond. Yes. Yeah. Cyrus is putting away the cursed diamond, <laughs> happy that nothing has happened. No, Nothing has befallen him. Everything went just as planned. Um, I don't believe in curses. Right. Uh-huh. And then an assistant enters the room and is like, your doctor needs to see you. And he just, like... <laughs> as the most shocked look on his face yeah. as he looks down at the diamond. And then, like, like it zooms in <laughs> on the diamond as if the diamond's going to have, like, a reaction. It's yeah, amazing. the diamond did it. It's so good. Uh-huh. <laughs> I truly believe that this moment is meant to establish that in the world of the royals, magic is real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, that might be. Um, there's more, more on that later. Don't worry, listeners of this show. If you came here for the sweet, cursed diamond action... It is not over. 
There will be more Cursed Diamond in the future. <laughs> Hashtag Cursed Diamond Watch 2016. Let's yes. make a trend. Cursed, cursed Diamond is the bow and arrow of season two, no doubt about it. Yeah, Chekhov's Cursed Diamond. <laughs> yes. We get to see the new prime minister, I guess. <laughs> Who is wearing a super low-cut tank top and a mini skirt yes. to her work as, like, vice prime minister. Yes, my last note is there's a new bitch in town. Britain is now run by women in push-up bras with impe- impeccably styled hair, and I am ready. <laughs> yeah. So, those are the kind um. of notes that I take. And Cyrus, <laughs> yes. yes. No, you summed um. it up perfectly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and and another quick shout out to um, our producer Darren, who has noted to me um, that the parliamentary succession for the prime minister in this episode is completely incorrect. Of course, surprise, surprise. Uh, there is no deputy PM fixed into law, and <laughs> and it needs to be. Um, it's an appointed position, so this succession would not work in the slightest. <laughs> I mean, in terms of showing how any kind of government works, like, Parks and Recreation is a far more realistic show than the Royals. Yes. Yeah. Yes, this is no... And that show exists in, like, a cartoonish reality, but <laughs> right. whatever. Right. Yeah. It doesn't have the political accuracy of, say, uh, A Wire Season 3 or something like that. No. Not quite as no. astute. <laughs> I can't believe we um, managed to bring up both The Sopranos and The Wire on our show about the Royals in a single episode. That pretty uh, much is it, well, though, right? There is one big oh. cliffhanger. How could I forget? You see a Liam coming down a hallway. How could I forget? Oh, God. It's so... <laughs> because it's nothing. He it's nothing. Approached, he approaches a door, <laughs> knocks on it. We cut to a shot of Liam's face as the door opens. And he begins to smile. Cut to black. End of episode. The, royal. the dopiest yeah. smile of all oh my time. God. <laughs> so uh, bad. And like, I mean, obviously, it's Ophelia. They were hitting us over the head with it all episode. Oh Eleanor is like, so hard. Last year, last season, you were so happy. What was the thing that made you happy? I don't know. What was the only le- plot point Liam had besides avenging his brother? Oh, being with Ophelia. He had two plots, right? Not to mention, she's the biggest major character who has been completely absent for the first two episodes. <laughs> It's, like, inevitable yeah. she's going to show up at some point. Yeah. Um, my and favorite thing. Nick shows up with her. I'm so excited no, for next time. I have to save it. We can't oh. talk about that now. <laughs> There's too much going on in this one. But my favorite thing was when this episode first aired. I saw it, I believe, the day, the day it aired. And as soon as the episode ends, they do the next time on the Royals. And the first thing they showed was Ophelia opening the door. <laughs> So it didn't matter. Good work. Even E knew was knew, knew it was like all right. Everybody knows. That's like no the, the polar opposite of like those super vague. Next time on Mad Men, come oh. in, take a seat, shut the door. You know, like yeah. his super vague. Like step into my office. What? Who called? What was that? Leave a message. Like <laughs> yeah. the Royals the is best. like here you go, guys. Take a look. <laughs> Got any notes? We still have time to make changes. Anyway, uh, before we get too carried away with uh, all the fan fiction that we're writing right now, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, it's time for the best part of any episode of Stage of Fools. And we'll start with Sammy, since she's our honored guest. What was your favorite part of the episode? Um, I think my favorite part of the episode 
was just because it was so ridiculous and weird was uh, Helena and the Prime Minister pass each other in the hallway and Helena immediately says something <laughs> like oh I could see your panty line and he's all <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like this show it was just one of those moments it's just like the entirety of the royals like boiled down to like two seconds <laughs> It's just like we have the queen, Completely. the queen of England, saying something to the prime minister about wearing her panties. Yeah, <laughs> it was just the best. Um, it, it's man. my favorite. All right, I'll let Zach go next. God, there are there are contenders, mostly from the first half of this episode. <laughs> um, I mean, you've got sex cages, you've got alien to future tubes. <laughs> Future tubes that are somehow cancer I, treatments. <laughs> I guess I, I really do have to go with my gut and say when they've super casually introduced the idea of a cursed diamond, that's my favorite. <laughs> yeah. That's great. It's just like, of course, there is now a cursed diamond on yeah. this show. Yeah, that was a real lucky. of course situation. Yeah, I mean, so I gotta go with that. Some episodes I feel like I'm, like, scraping the bottom of the barrel for a favorite moment, whereas this time it was more like an embarrassment of riches. <laughs> yeah. And there were so many great Cyrus moments, but there's always great Cyrus moments when Cyrus is around. So mm -hmm. I'm going to say, right off the top of the episode, Liam's, uh, I'm, um, what was he saying? His American accent. What was the name of the character he came up with? Ed Gallagher? Jack Frank McFarland. Frank, it, was, it was Frank Gallagher, because I was yes. thinking of Frank Abagnale yeah. Jr. from Catch Me If You Can when he was doing that. Okay. <laughs> because he's such a good con artist with that American accent, probably, is what you're thinking. I liked how Jasper wasn't amused by it at all, but Liam <laughs> didn't know that he wasn't doing a good job. He thought he was doing, like, a perfect American yeah. accent. And, and he looked... And of course, like, if the listeners couldn't tell from my grating nasal Midwestern accent, I'm actually from Chicago, so his, <laughs> I'm from Chicago, I got a pick-it-up truck, was there's, really there's nice enjoyable. Little, there's a nice little capper on it where he, like, looks into, like, he, like, completely stops thinking about Jasper at all and looks into the, like, distance and is like, Frank Gallagher from Chicago. <laughs> and it's clear he's daydreaming about the life he would have if he were Frank Gallagher from Chicago. I know. It's like a Simon's uh, Fisherman thing. But uh, he, it's so funny because I just I can't undersell uh, or oversell Jasper's reactions, like how his total unamusement really makes the scene that much funnier. I'm from Chicago. No, you're not. No, you're not. Like, okay, like, we get it, Jasper. He knows he's not really from Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. Anyway, uh, so. yeah, that's definitely... Um, I'm still going to give Liam's top moment for me ever as being I just can't wait to be king at karaoke, mm -hmm. but this was easily a top two moment for him. Yep. Yeah. Unfortunately, next episode may be dire times for Liam because we're back with Ophelia for at least an episode, but we'll see how that goes. All the more reason for our listeners to tune in next week, I guess. Uh, mm -hmm. But before we say our goodbyes, I did want to talk about one other thing really quickly. Um, it feels a little bit funny just because we've been, you know, laughing so hard and having so much fun this episode, but I do want to get serious for uh, just a minute. Um, so Zach, Sammy, and I are all involved with the fan community for the podcast, the Flophouse Podcast, which is hosted by Dan McCoy, Elliot Kalin, and Stuart Wellington. 
and um, I've been working with them to set up a fundraiser for the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. We're doing a drive to raise uh, donations for the foundation. We have a $10,000 goal that we uh, passed 75% on today. So if you feel compelled to donate to this great cause, the link will be up on all of our various social media pages, Mm -hmm. and it will be in the show notes for this episode. Uh, All donations will be matched, so even if you only want to give a very small amount, you're really doing twice that amount of good. And if you're also a fan of the Flophouse, as I'm guessing quite a few people who listen to this show are, uh, if you do a non-anonymous donation, then your name will be entered in to win a great prize, which is um, the Flophouse is a Bad Movie podcast, and you'll get to pick one of the, uh, the bad movies that the hosts will do an episode on. So you'll basically get to have your own episode uh, in your honor of this very prolific podcast, a uh, very popular show. So thanks so much. Uh, we'd really appreciate it if you go look at the page. And- if you are a little short and you, but you have money coming in in the near future, you could donate up until March 18th. Yes, plenty of so, time. Yeah, plenty of time, Just, no rush. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, thanks so much, guys, and um, thanks. And if I could have one last thing, just yes, to plug it. Direct our viewers to. Sammy, our guest, we mentioned it last time, has a newsletter. And it's so good. Yeah. If you want to give him the the name there, Sammy, just a yeah, quick plug yeah. for you. It's, uh, my newsletter is called Highly Illogical. Um, you can find it on tinyletter.com slash SpockGirl, S-P-O-C-K-G-R-R-L. I uh, will also pass on the link to you guys so that you can put it in the show notes and stuff like that. Um, but it is uh, bi-weekly, and it's uh, just a fun piece of writing that I do, um, kind of a little love letter to, to everybody. And... Um, and it has ghost stories and other ridiculousness. So <laughs> it's fun. Cursed diamonds, maybe? <laughs> maybe. Maybe there will be a cursed diamond tie-in. I mean, now we found out that there is a real cursed yeah, diamond in the, the British royal that family. That might actually so. be the, yeah. a feature. So we'll see. Jumping off point. Yes. Uh, well, Thank you so much for joining us this time, Sammy. It was so much Thank fun you. having you back Thank for you such so a great episode. <laughs> I feel so honored to be here for this episode. I, uh, I I think I sent you a text, Shannon, that was like, I'm watching the episode right now. Bless you and your podcast. Yeah. Um, it's so. true. She did. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's, it's true. Well. Thing. Thank you. You guys are doing uh, the Lord's work with this. <laughs> so. We're doing Jake Maskell's work. <laughs> yes. He is Same. our Lord. Lord now. (laughs) Same difference. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thanks again for listening. For all of us uh, here at Stage of Fools, I'm Shannon Camp. I'm Zach Powers. Have a great night. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Visit Stage of Fools on our Twitter at Stage of Fools Pod or on our Facebook page, Stage of Fools. The Royals is property of E. Stage of Fools is produced by Darren Husted. Artwork by Joshua Hollis.